Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. It appears that forces within the Pentagon have taken steps to discredit its new UAP report to Congress at every turn. And uh, it basically, this started last week, this effort, this campaign to basically uh, make UAP look like nothing, like there's nothing to see here. Uh, last week, as we all know, I've talked about in the last couple of podcasts, the New York Times ran basically a glorified press release from the Pentagon uh, that stated that there, this new report that's coming up, there was half of the objects were identified as either clutter, air clutter, or uh, balloon, like balloons or uh, uh, Chinese spy drones. And the other half, they didn't have any explanation for, according to this New York Times article. But uh, these anonymous sources told the Pentagon that, well, um, you know, uh, there's, if we had more information, uh, we, we would know what they were. Uh, but they're definitely not alien spacecraft. Somehow they know for a fact that even though they have no idea what they are, they're definitely not alien spacecraft. Well, I, I, there was an article that ran on this website called military.com. Now, this uh, military.com site is basically, uh, now it's, it's a privately owned company. It's, it's owned by uh, a company called Monster Worldwide, whose parent company is this Dutch company called uh, Randstad Holding, right? But basically, they're in like Flint with the United States government, with the, with the Pentagon. Uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, military.com is a website that provides news and information about the military, service members, veterans, and their families, as well as foreign policy and broader national security issues. Basically, they're very close with the military. They run all kinds of articles that are basically geared toward people in the United States military. And uh, this website uh, just uh, this week ran an article that basically tried to, for some reason, strangely actually, tried to downplay an event that happened uh, almost 75 years ago, basically. Uh, it's known as the Mantell UFO incident. Anyway, this is their article. That, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to give you an idea. This is from the military.com website. Uh, it's, the headline reads, The first Air Force pilot to die chasing a UFO was actually chasing a secret balloon. Okay, <laughs> we're back to balloons again. Uh, anyway, when the Air Force began seriously investigating the phenomena of unidentified flying objects, objects, it assigned the task to an accomplished World War II veteran. Captain Edward J. Ruppelt was a bombardier with five battle stars, three air medals, and two distinguished flying crosses. He took his work seriously, even if the American press chuckled about flying saucers. But no one was laughing after Captain Thomas F. Mantell and his F-51 Mustang crashed into a Kentucky farm in January 1948. Mantell and his flight had engaged a mysterious object floating over the area. After going in for a closer look, Mantell went silent and his aircraft 
plummeted to the ground. The death of an accomplished pilot and decorated World War II veteran changed how America perceived UFOs. It marked the first time the public began to think that UFOs were not only real, but also that extraterrestrials might not be friendly. On the afternoon of January 7, 1948, Tech Sergeant Quinton Blackwell received a call in the control tower of Godman Air Army Airfield at Fort Knox, Kentucky. The highway patrol reported a strange object floating above a farm in nearby Maysville. No one at Godman, including the base commander, could identify it. At 1445 that day, a flight of four Mustangs under flight leader Mantell was dispatched to check out the object, which appeared to be hovering. Mantell radioed the tower saying he would investigate. Mantell climbed to 15,000 feet and reported the object was, quote, metallic and it is tremendous in size, end quote. It was moving at half his speed, even as it hovered above him. The pilot then said he would climb higher. He ascended to 22,000 feet, but his wingmen hung back because they didn't have oxygen equipment. Mantell didn't either, but he continued to climb. At 1510, Mantell was the only pilot still chasing the object. The last time anyone saw his plane, he was still ascending. Five minutes later, everyone lost visual and radio contact with him. At 1553, the object disappeared. Search and rescue teams discovered Mantell's remains and the wreckage of his airplane scattered across a half mile on a nearby farm. His watch had stopped at 1518. The Army determined that Mantell lost consciousness when he tried to climb above 20,000 feet without oxygen equipment. Witnesses on the ground reported a plane circling in a dive before crashing. The wreckage revealed that the pilot's canopy lock was in place, meaning he didn't try to bail out. All signs pointed to Mantell being unconscious and unable to control the aircraft. As for the object, the incident was first investigated by the Air Force's Project Sign, a precursor to Blue Book. Mantell's death caused a media frenzy and the Air Force needed a quick explanation for the press. They told reporters that Mantell died while chasing the planet Venus since it was in the sky at the time and was the brightest object. This absurd reasoning was accepted. Now, this is funny that they're saying they're actually calling this absurd, but they didn't call the the army, the military did not call this uh, Venus explanation absurd back in the day. But anyway, they're saying it here at military.com. This I'll I'll explain later. Anyway, the absurd reasoning was accepted despite the incident occurring in mid-afternoon when Venus was a small pinpoint of light in the sky. For more than a year, newspaper editors accepted the Venus explanation. In the Air Force, it became the most researched UFO case to that point. Ruppelt, the officer who would take over all Air Force UFO investigations, called the investigation a masterpiece in the art of weasel wording. He took over Air Force UFO investigations in 1951, and one of his first tasks was revisiting the 1948 Mantell incident. Project Sign had been renamed Project Grunge by this time, and Ruppelt reorganized and reinvigorated UFO investigations. Ruppelt's final report, the report on unidentified flying objects, details how he picked apart the initial investigation. And then I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get into this, the rest of this, but anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll just summarize it for you. J. Allen Hynek was, you know, the astronomer from the Ohio University. He came in and he investigated and he rejected Venus because, uh, according to the article, uh, uh, you know, Venus was 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 daylight and Venus would only be a small little dot in the sky, so that was impossible. It couldn't have been. He wouldn't have been chasing after Venus. So then they concluded it was this top secret skyhook balloon. Anyway, it says here. 
Based on these accounts, including that of uh, an astronomer at Vanderbilt University who saw the UFO with a telescope, he concluded that it was most likely a skyhook balloon, a secret U.S. Navy atmospheric testing program that used high-altitude balloons to collect data. When, t- when Mantell was climbing to intercept the object, there was no way he would have known about skyhook. Rupelt believed that a balloon was launched from Clinton County Air Force Base, Ohio. The balloons were metallic and enormous, consistent with Mantell's description of the UFO. It was the most likely explanation much more likely than chasing the planet venus and then they have a picture with this uh balloon in here on this uh, anyway uh it's a balloon if you saw this thing if you look at this picture right it's a balloon that's obviously anybody who would see this would you know basically they're saying mantel saw this balloon and thought it was a something from another planet obviously that's what they're trying to say but anyway this story leaves out a lot of information there was a lot of other things that happened in this case okay and uh to that end there there's there's some other articles uh with regard to this uh here's one from ufo casebook that details the mantel case now before we get into this i just want to talk about this so there was a lot of witnesses to a you know a gigantic object i mean there this thing hovered uh, you know and they don't talk about that in this military.com article at all it's not even mentioned like there's a lot of details that that were left out of the military.com article like why did this article have to come out right now when you really think about it right i mean you have the just last week you have uh the uh, secret anonymous sources in the pentagon uh telling the new york times that yeah uh, a lot of the stuff that they're seeing out there is uh it's only balloons right and now here we have now i have this article in military.com that's saying yeah it's uh look at that mantel case from 1948 that's that's a that was a balloon that guy was chasing a balloon and they they leave out all the other details about what really happened now that day i mean that balloon explanation of course that that, that this happened the event happened in early 1948 but yet it it took them you know a little while a couple of years there till they figured out oh no till they figured out a different explanation because it couldn't have been venus it was daylight out and venus would have been a tiny little dot in the sky so mantel obviously wasn't chasing venus but you know everyone went along with that for a couple years because guess what the military told them right so then Heineck comes along and you know Heineck became later on to be known as the the father of ufology or whatever but you know in the early days he was a debunker I mean he's the one who you know came up with swamp gas right but anyway uh they basically covered this up they 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 knew they had to get rid of the Venus explanation because they knew that you know it's not going to work so they just come up with uh, yes first they come up with the the yeah it's venus yeah it's uh venus he was chasing after venus unfortunately and then after that a couple years later it's like uh you know what uh we uh after further investigation it's uh uh balloon from uh top secret uh project uh skyhook yeah yeah that's what it is anyway so it seems like there's something going on here the fact that the military.com which is very close closely associated with the pentagon i mean all these people writing for it right are like uh, they're 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 some of them have worked in the pentagon you know some of them are former military men so uh yeah this is and so they this is a big setup leading up to this report right leading to the release of this report trying to downplay the uh the potential extraterrestrial aspects of it saying that there's nothing to see here so they're basically covering it up because there's a lot more details of the thomas mantell case okay and we're going to go through some of those details here in this article from ufo casebook and of course i will leave the links to everything in the description so you can check out this stuff for yourself Okay, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to get into some of the juicier parts here, right? Uh, at approximately 1.30 p.m., 
uh, and this was on uh, January 7th, 1948, the Kentucky State Police began receiving reports from worried citizens of spotting a large circular object flying over the city of Mansville. In a matter of minutes, the area of the sightings expanded to cover Irvington and Owensboro. So there was a whole bunch of witnesses, okay, that were seeing this thing. Now, all, of course, this all this information, right, was left out of that military.com uh, article, of course, which has close ties with the Pentagon. Okay, that's left out of that because if you tell if you tell the whole story, right, when you just heard the story from the military.com, it, it sounds like, oh yeah, the guy made a mistake. It was just uh, nothing but a uh, weather balloon, right? If you if you go by that story, then you then you think that the, the average reader is gonna you know is gonna think, well, there's nothing to it. Obviously, the guy screwed up and uh, he was chasing after a balloon, and that's all it was. But that's there was a lot more to it than just that. And anyway, we'll continue. It says here the large metallic flying craft was then clearly seen from the tower of Godman Air Force Base. The object described as being an extremely large, round, whitish in color, with a red light toward its bottom side, and seemed to be moving slowly toward the south. A little over an hour after first after the first reports, Mantell's group was asked to investigate the anomalous object. The actual transcripts read: Godman Tower calling the flight of four ships northbound over Godman Field. Do you read over? And then uh, pause. Godman Tower calling the flight of four ships northbound over Godman Field. Do you read over? Roger Godman Tower. This is National Guard 869, flight leader of the formation. Over. National Guard 869 from Godman Tower. We have an object out, out south of Godman here that we are unable to identify. And we would like you like to know if you have gas enough and if you could take a look for us if you will. Roger, I have the gas and I will take a look for you if you give me the correct heading. One of the three companions in flight received permission to continue his pre-assigned flight plan, plan, while Mantell and the remaining two planes headed to the coordinates of the visual sightings. Mantell led the way in the climb to 15,000 feet, and upon reaching the position, he radioed the following statement back to the control tower. The object is directly ahead of and above me now, moving at about half my speed. It appears to be a metallic object or possibly reflection of sun from a metallic object, and it is of tremendous size. I'm still climbing. I'm trying to close in for a better look. 18,000 feet, 20,000 feet, 22,000 feet. Too high for the World War II fighters without oxygen. The other two planes turned back, leaving Mantell alone to pursue the giant object. By all accounts, Mantell must have passed out from lack of oxygen at about 30,000 feet. At least his plane leveled off at that height. His plane now began to plunge back toward Earth. He crashed a few harrowing moments later on the farm of William J. Phillips near Franklin, Kentucky. Mantell's watch stopped at 3.16 p.m. and his body was still strapped in his plane, which became which had become his coffin. He had spent 45 minutes in a frantic flight into the realm of the unknown. By 3.50 p.m., the giant craft was visible from God, was not visible from Godman, but reports continued as the UFO continued southward into Tennessee. The reports of the incident spread like wildfire. Theory and speculation reached radio shows, television, and newspapers. The New York Times story began with this headline, Flyer Dies Chasing a Flying Saucer, and another story was headlined with Plane Exploded Over Kentucky as that and near states report strange object. Common speculation that Mantell was chasing a UFO was countered by the Air Force, which initially concluded that Mantell and his cohorts were chasing the planet Venus. They also announced that his death was directly related to oxygen deprivation. This almost 
comical conclusion was hastily put to rest by an eyewitness, Glenn Mays, who lived near Flank Franklin. Mays stated categorically that Mantell's plane exploded in midair. So there was a witness that said he saw the plane explode in midair. The plane circled three times like the pilot didn't know where he was going, reported Mays, and then started down into a dive from about 20,000 feet. About halfway down, there was a terrific explosion. Also, there is a testimony of Godman Base Commander Guy F. Hicks, who stated to reporters that he observed the craft for almost an hour through binoculars. He would not have confused what he saw with the planet Venus. Richard T. Miller, who was... In the operation room, <clears throat> Richard T. Miller, who was in the operations room of Scott Air Force Base in Belleville, Illinois, also made several profound statements regarding the crash. He was monitoring the radio talk between Mantell and Godman Tower and heard this statement very clearly. My God, I see people in this thing. Let's just stop there for a second. So, so somebody was listening to the radio chatter of when this event was going on and he heard basically Mantell saying, my God, I see people in this thing. So he saw some beings and that's, that's what this guy was saying at the time. Again, all of this stuff that we're talking about here, this was kept out of that military.com piece. In fact, they, 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 they went by the official story that was you know settled upon by the government a couple of years after this event happened. Anyway, continuing, it says here, Miller added that on the morning after the crash, at a briefing, investigators had stated that Mantell died, quote, pursuing an intelligently controlled, unidentified flying object, end quote. In conclusion, Miller made this statement. That evening, Air Technical Intelligence Center officers from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base arrived and ordered all personnel to turn over any materials relating to the crash. Then, after we had turned it over to them, they said they had already completed the investigation. I was no longer a skeptic. I had been up to that time. Now I wondered why the government had gone to all of the trouble of covering it up to keep it away from the press and the public. In more recent years, additional information has come forward. Captain James F. Dusler, who was one of several military officers at Godman, was retired and living in England. In 1997, he stated that he and several other officers actually saw the gigantic UFO hovering over Godman Field that day. Dusler, who was a pilot and crash investigator, stated, The UFO was a strange, gray-looking object which looked like a rotating, inverted ice cream cone. Shortly after the crash, Dusler visited the site and made these observations. The wings and tail section had broken off on impact with the ground and were a short distance from the plane. There was no damage to the surrounding trees and it was obvious that there had been no forward or sideways motion when the plane had come down. It just appeared to have belly flopped into the clearing. There was very little damage to the fuselage, which was in one piece, and no signs of blood whatsoever in the cockpit. There was no scratching on the body of the fuselage to indicate any forward movement, and the propeller blade bore no telltale scratch marks to show it had been rotating at the time of impact, and one blade had been, had been embedded into the ground. The damage pattern was not consistent with an aircraft of this type crashing at high speed into the ground. Because of the large engine in the nose of the plane, it would have come down nose first and hit the ground at an angle. Even if it had managed to glide in, it would have cut a swath through the trees and a channel into the ground. None of these signs were present. All indications were that it had just belly flopped into the clearing. I must admit I found this very strange. 
To further debunk the Venus theory, astronomical records indicated that the planet was only 33 degrees above the horizon at the time of the incident, thus totally eliminating it from the case. The Air Force, embarrassed by the Venus theory falling through, now searched for another worldly explanation for the object observed that day. After discovering that naval research was sending up the enormous skyhook balloons, the Air Force had their alternate solution. This theory was also soon aborted after discovering that no balloon was launched or could have been in the skies that day. The UFO theory received even more credence after Mantell's death. On January 8th, residents of Clinton, North Carolina, reported a cone-shaped object moving through the skies at incredible speeds. And on February 1st, a large metallic UFO was seen emitting an orange light near the ground at Circleville, Ohio. Whatever happened on the day that Thomas Mantell crashed his plane, it is certain that it was not a weather balloon and it was not Venus or any other planet. Could it have been a visitor from another planet or another dimension? Okay, again, this is great stuff. And again, you can see the, the differences in between these two, these two stories. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable the story that the, um, the government's telling, right? And still to this day, still to this day. I mean... You know, a long time ago, I remember one of the earlier, you know, I, I, I was watching a documentary and uh, it was, and, and the Mantell case was mentioned and it was, you know, basically just brushed off as, as a balloon, like this guy made a mistake. But then after years, you, you know, you look into this story and you read about it in books and you read about it in different articles like this, like I just went through, you realize that there was a lot more to the story than, than people are letting you know. I mean, let's face it. The military in 1948 did not want to let let the public believe that you know Mantell died chasing after UFO. Whatever happened to him, who knows? I don't know exactly what happened to him, but I don't think he was chasing any balloon. You know, this guy was a seasoned flyer. I mean, he 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 would have known anybody if you saw what the uh, one of these skyhook balloons would look like. You would anybody would know. And I don't care if it's 1948 or or 2021, whatever whatever year it is, you're gonna know. You look at this; it's obvious. It's a balloon. And it doesn't matter if he was aware of their existence or not. He would not have mistaken this thing for a, a UFO, for a flying saucer. You know, he said this thing was gigantic. And you see all the different, uh, there were so many different witnesses. The people at Godman Air Force Base, people in the tower said this thing was hovering there for 45 minutes. What kind of balloon just hangs there in the sky right in front of you for 45 minutes? <sighs> anyway, uh, I guess uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on here. Why Why are they doing this? Why is this important? Why is covering this up important? Why is, it, why is this backtracking going on? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, we are back. Um, there was a lot of people on Twitter. Like, I, I, I saw this military.com article of, of, a couple of days ago. And when I saw it, the first thing in my mind was thinking, "Wow, they're they're not telling the whole story here." I, I was thinking, "This is this is weird. Like they're not. <laughs> this isn't the, the the whole story of Mantell. There was a lot more to Mantell than what was talked about in that in, in this military.com article. I mean, there was more to it. There was a lot of different witnesses, and and you know, it just you know, they lied. I mean, obviously, the Air Force come out. They come out right right away, saying, "Nope, it was uh, the planet Venus. He was chasing the planet Venus," and they just let that sit like that for a couple of years. This embarrassing explanation. They just let it hang there, and then of course they had a they changed their story a couple of years later and say, "Oh, it was uh, uh, this uh, top secret balloon." Yeah. Well, anyway, a lot of other people know. It wasn't just me who noticed this. And I, I, I started seeing, this is the reason I'm doing this is because I started seeing a lot of different uh, people interested in UFOs talking about this on Twitter. And there's a user named Klaus. And he's basically stating the same, one of the same things I felt immediately when I saw this. He, he wrote on October 31st, it's become very obvious that someone in the DOD is running a blatant campaign to discredit the congressionally mandated UAP report. They are calling in favors left and right. What are they so afraid of? And of course, there was like responses to this. And this is just one of many tweet threads that you can get into where people were talking about this, like the strangest that they would bring up this uh, Mantell case. And I think the reason they're bringing it up because it it involved an alleged balloon. I know they're saying that they're the military for all these years have been saying using the balloon as fact when it's really not right. But anyway, continuing here's another. Uh, uh, another quote from somebody wrote, uh, this is from somebody, a uh, user named Open-Minded Approach. But why are they hiding? Why don't they go public like Lou Elizondo and Christopher Mellon? Why don't they show their ranks and say UFOs are a waste of time? Stop hiding behind journalists. They need to enter in public debate with Lou and Congress. And if that's the case, let us see the videos. Great point. Great, awesome point, right? I mean, if this is what if this is what the military is saying, okay, then show us, show us your proof to all these balloons, right? Anyway, and then there was a really good comment here, and this was from a user named Steve Skojek, and this is what uh, he tweeted: Lou Elizondo suggested not long ago a hypothetical reason for fighting disclosure. What if public awareness of the nature of the phenomenon accelerates whatever it is that the intelligence behind it intends to do he said that this happens in military operations all the time now that's a great tweet again i'll I'll leave a link to this too so you can check that out but um i have i've actually touched on this before in, in previous podcasts okay so if that's the case, I mean, if, if if the reasoning for if people in the Pentagon, if one of the reasons for the cover, if one of the reasons uh, why there's a group within the Pentagon that wants to pull back on this and they're afraid of this information coming out, they're afraid of the truth coming out. And I've brought this up before and it, and it is a possibility, I guess. Right. Even though, you know, it, it makes people like me and all other people interested in getting the truth out there look like the bad guy. But basically, there's, they're, they're concerned that if, if the truth comes out and the whole and the entire, everyone in the world finally realizes that, yes, there's an extraterrestrial presence here, what happens? 
do the aliens know that everybody knows now? And then what happens? Does it accelerate whatever plan they're planning to do here? Does that, does that mean like you know things like uh, researchers like David uh, Jacobs, you know the guy who writes a lot of books about alien abduction, who he you know there was a lot of uh, people who were, were regressed you know hypnotically, and you know they tell him you know their experiences getting abducted and and they talk about a change there's a change coming the aliens tell them about some big change coming in the future does that does the does the world getting knowledge of the of the reality of the extraterrestrial presence does that accelerate the on uh the the change happening does that bring it closer you know that makes people like what i'm doing right now that would mean this is not good but hey, I'm not averse to you know considering every different aspect of this whole mystery and phenomenon. I'm I don't have any problem if that's what it is. If that's if that's what some people are concerned about, well then okay, that does make sense, doesn't it? You can understand why they wouldn't want to you know let the secret out because if they do, there's a possibility that these aliens will notice that everyone knows. Of. I mean, put it this way: if there are hybrids among us or hybrids among us hybrids humans whatever you know basically half alien half humans living among us right they're gonna know right and then every, all the aliens are gonna know basically and then they could say well see everyone they, they admitted it the governments of the world admitted it the united states government came out and said yep that's extraterrestrial they all know now so i guess we have nothing to we there's no reason to hide anymore we might as well just get on with our whatever our plan is that's something to think about it's a scary idea it's a scary thought and uh, it could be something that some people in the Pentagon are concerned about. Now, at the same time, I mean, maybe it's not something to be concerned about because if they're here and they're going to do something, I mean, it's going to happen anyway, right? I mean, to me, that approach at the same time, you could say it's almost like uh, someone going to a doctor and and the doctor realizes, okay, you, this the patient has terminal cancer, but the doctor decides, you know what, I'm not going to tell him. I, I, what's the point in telling him? I'm just going to let him live the rest of his days out because there's nothing that anybody could do for him. Why, why, why worry him? And just send them off. That would be that would that would not be the right thing to do. So if if, if the Pentagon thinks that uh, something bad's going to happen, right? If if the truth comes out. It's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what, right? They're, they're, they're going to do it no matter what. It's like the, the, you're not going to not tell the person who has terminal cancer. They, just, they don't have terminal cancer, right? You're going to tell them, oh, you know, you're, you're done. Uh, there's nothing we can do. Uh, uh, we can try to make you as comfortable as possible, but that's about it. Uh, so what does it matter? I mean, it doesn't really matter. You're just holding back the inevitable then. I mean... Uh, unless you believe that behind the scenes, secretly, you're figuring some way to prevent whatever the aliens are planning on doing, but you actually do, do they even have any idea of that? I mean, you could go down this rabbit hole and just, you could keep finding new little pockets. You know, it will never end. New, new, the other rabbit holes, one rabbit hole lead to another rabbit hole to another rabbit hole. You just keep going down there and it's not going to end. And just you drive yourself crazy thinking about that possibility. But I don't, I don't think it's the right thing to do anyhow. I, I, I don't think, if you think that there's something bad going to happen when, when the truth actually finally does come out, that the aliens, that's going to cause the aliens, well, I guess we might as well just uh, move forward with the, 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 our final plan. Our, you know, the, uh, I don't know. So what? Okay, that, that, that's going to happen. It's going to happen one way or the other, right? Now or later. What does it matter? But I think, to me, I still think it's better for everyone to know, right? I think it's every. I think it's better. Most, and I always say this. Every, I think I'm saying this every. I think I might be saying this every every podcast now. 
I always, I think I am. I, I, I probably should be saying it every podcast, but the entire scientific community needs to be brought in on this. And the only way to bring them in on it is to, uh, you know, tell, let the world know what the truth is. You can't just keep this hidden. I, now, like again, I, I understand the plight. Now, how, let, let, think about this, okay? If this is true, right? If that theory is true, like they, they're, they're a fearing of this acceleration, like the government, what, what could they do? They can't. They, they, they all, what they could. The only thing they could do is what they're doing is trying to pull back, not let any information, any more information get out about UFOs. Just keep with the dog and pony show, right? You know, a little bit here, a little bit here, and explain stuff away as balloons. And and if we had more information, we would know what it is. Uh, we have no proof of extraterrestrials. Keep telling that lie, right? Because that's all they can do. They can't come out and say, uh, I mean, put, put it this way. Imagine a, a, a top general, a four-star general who's in Majestic 12 stepping up to a podium, podium and saying something like this. Um, we need everyone to stop talking about UFOs and the possibility that there's an extraterrestrial presence here. Thank you very much. And then walks away. That's not going to work. They can't do that. Obviously, that'd be ridiculous. I mean, then you're not going to. If somebody, if somebody did that, if somebody made that kind of a statement, you know, somebody, some official made that kind of a statement, the pre, the press would go insane. That's basically letting the cat out of the bag. I mean, that's saying, well, we, something's going on, and we can't say anything. We all better be quiet. You think everyone's going to be quiet? No, so they can't do that, obviously. So all they can do is play this little game. But it seems at the same time, right, at the same time, right, doesn't it seem that there is a group in the Pentagon that is trying to get the information out? We still have the uh, officials, former officials, people like Christopher Mellon and Lou Elizondo working very hard. They, they want to get the information out. They know something's going on. They know that the, there's a group in the Pentagon trying to cover this up. So, but you could understand that position. I, I don't agree with the, the, the action of not doing anything because I, I still think everyone needs to know. We all need to know. We're all grown up. We need to know. I mean, it's, it's like playing a chess with these aliens. We're not gonna, you're not going to win that. You're not going to win. You're just not going to win. If they're, if they're 100,000 years more advanced than the human race, you're not going to win that chess match. You're just not going to. You're going to lose big. No, no matter which way you go about it, no matter if you play this hold off waiting game, you don't want to say let the let the word out to the public yet because you don't know it might accelerate things with these extraterrestrials, right? You don't want to do it, yeah. But at the same time, if by doing that, by not letting the word out in the public, you, you, you don't give us any chance to figure out maybe there's something we could do if there is this kind of a problem that you think that you believe. Again, it's. Uh, all of this is speculation again it's all but it just does seem funny when you really think about it the efforts the ongoing efforts to basically keep this thing covered up right and 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 like we are going backward i mean there's no question about it there's other people out there noticing this too it's not just me i've been noticing it for a little while now uh and and then you see like again the new york times article right you had that last week and then the military.com you know, close relations, close ties with the Pentagon. They come out with this Mantell article, running that that one out there again, and not telling the whole story, right? <laughs> What's going on here? You know, it's 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 an old balloon story. We have yeah, that back in the day, there was some guy who was chasing after a balloon, and uh, yeah, he died. They're they're, they're dragging us an old story that was bogus to begin with out of the woodwork to to, to try to help. You know, with this whole balloon stuff that they're going to talk about in this new UAP report that's coming out. It's obvious. Anyway, uh, yeah, 
it's all games. Still, still, we're playing the game, and uh, and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the forces that are trying to get it out are going to win, or if the forces that are trying to pull it back are going to win. Uh, I think it's too late for it. I think Pandora's box was open in 2017. I, th I think we're beyond that now. I think we might as well just come out with the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God. Mm -hmm.